Welcome to the Trading Movies Podcast. I'm Janaid. I'm Omar. And today we are going to be talking about the Pelican Brief. But Omar, before we get into that, it's been about a week since we last met to record. So there's been a lot of stuff happening in the movie industry. Uh, But before we get into that, actually, what did you watch this weekend? Well, I started and finished season one of The White Lotus. Impressive. Which um, was recommended to me by who? By my brother and sister-in-law. Shout out Ali Eriman. <laughs> um, but um, I, I hadn't heard much about it, to be honest. I just knew it was, it was an HBO show. Thought, so right when I see that, I think, okay, this could be some good quality there. Yeah. And um, it hooked me from the first episode. I was interested. It's a very, it's a, they call it an anthology series, which I think um, refers a lot to um, like a drama-based, quirky um kind of um very character-based show yeah so i think i think yeah. when they say anthology they also mean like it'll be follow the same themes but it might be in a different setting so yes. if i understand correctly this show was created because of the pandemic so they called up this guy mike white who fun fact used to be on survivor and they're like hey we need a show for the pandemic you got to shoot in one place minimum cast and it's just the same people so he pumped the show out during the pandemic and it was blockbuster, and that's why he got a second season. That's so impressive. the second season is in another, if I believe I remember reading correctly, it's in Italy. So it's yes. different. It's in a so different, I started season two. Yeah, so it's in a White yeah. Lotus somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. It's White Lotus somewhere else. I've seen since episode one of season two, so just started it. But yeah, I thought it was a great watch. Uh, anyone who's thinking about watching it, hasn't heard of it, or has heard of it and just hasn't gone into it, I would, I would recommend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So interestingly enough, after our conversation last week, Netflix decided to listen to us and released a murder mystery. Uh, the Pale Blue Eye with um, uh, with Christian Bale. Christian Bale and Henry Melling, who I don't know if you know who Henry Melling is, but he's Dudley Dursley from the Harry Potter movies. Oh, and he's okay. a really, yes. he's a really good actor in this movie. Like surprisingly, he does a really good job. Uh, it's a decent movie. You can check my letterboxed uh, review of it. It's it's definitely there's a couple of twists. The last twist at the end is definitely interesting. Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'll watch it again, but for a first time watch, it definitely, definitely kept you interested, particularly for people like us who like mysteries. Yes. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's an interesting one because I, I I feel like I've seen the trailer for that movie. I checked the ratings the other day and it got, it has decent ratings, I think. Yeah. It takes place in the 1830s yeah. at um, the U.S. Military Academy. I think it's, it's in Virginia. Yeah. And essentially a student dies and then they have to look into what? how why and all of the stuff behind the murder but then there's a bigger conspiracy as there always is and yeah there's a couple of twists as well i, I want to give it away in case because it's still pretty new it's only like four or five days old so i don't want to give it away but uh there's a twist at the end i think you would be engaged by interesting okay yeah so i will i will i will actually check that out the pale blue eye is that my homework for next week huh no no, no. It's, not, no. It's, <laughs> it's your turn to assign homework. actually it is my yeah, turn yeah. to assign homework uh, yeah but well, uh, let's let's shift gears a bit and talk about a couple of new trailers that came out um, this week. So, firstly, Ant Man, um, the trailer came out. It's going to come out in February. The film. Yep. Uh, one thing I will I wanted to mention after our conversation last week is CGI does not hit once you watched Avatar: Way of Water. Like yeah. I'm looking at this trailer and I'm like, <laughs> where's Jimmy Cameron? You know, where's my twelve years of painstaking? No, the water droplet needs to be yeah. here. But I, like, I mean, this. I, if we hadn't seen Avatar, I don't think we would complain about CGI at all. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, it's, it's his fault. He, <laughs> yes. he ruined me. But with that being said, um, CGI aside, 
Jonathan Majors as Kang is very intriguing. He he actually gets lines in this trailer and, and you see some action and I'm just looking forward to seeing his star kind of rise. Yeah. Because he's he's really, really good in this movie. What do you think about the concept of the movie? I think it's from what we know so far. Okay, so one thing I'll say off the top. So in the trailer there they show his daughter, Ant Man's daughter, Cassie, building a machine to mm. send a, a signal down to the quantum, quantum realm. Quantum realm. Yeah. Her dad her adoptive grandmother and grandfather all know how bad this place is. And none of no one stopped. Like, she didn't build this overnight. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. It was going on for a while. No yeah. one was like, hey, what are you doing in there, bud? Nope. They just let her build this. And then they suddenly find out what it is the day she announces it. Yeah. I'm sure there is a story behind there, it. Yeah, but... that's the, it's from the trailer to, um, what, it's, it's the, it's the, is it the mom? Who's like, you're sending a signal down to the quantum realm it's a, or whatever. It's, so it's it's yeah. uh, Wasp's mother. Well, okay, Wasp's mother. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you're sending a signal down to quantum realm, and she, she's like, "Stop it now!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After she's already. And started. I was like, you... <laughs> but I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's. I mean, there's some backstory, obviously. Some kind of secret or something. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I, I would say I've been one of the more critical people of Ant Man. Yeah. Just because I understand that Ant Man is a pure, full out entertainer. Yeah. Um, but I just. It, I never got into it. I saw the first one, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's funny," and I was like, "Sure, that was funny, but like, is it really a great quality movie?" I thought it was pretty good. I like the idea of the Marvel movies. Um, yeah, like it's a Marvel movie, but then each one is uh, a different genre. So, yeah. um, Winter Soldier is kind of like their spy movie, and then Ant Man was like their heist movie. I kind of like that idea of it and that interpretation. Um, with that, with that being said he's kind of a horrible character in the comics. Like, he does a lot of bad things. Okay. And they've really sanitized the character. (laughs) Like, he's really, really evil. He does some evil stuff. Um, So they've sanitized him and kind of made him more kid-friendly. So, like, uh, are you talking Deadpool level? No, Deadpool is still comedy. This guy does, like, horrendous stuff. Oh, really? Like, that level? He beats partners. Like, he does bad stuff. Oh, Yeah, yeah. It's not good. Um, I would not support reading his Ultimate Marvel run. Like, in, in their version of The Avengers, there's a different... They're called the Ultimates. Very bad character. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, all of that to say, I think we spoke about this last time, but Marvel has been kind of off kilter for a bit. Yeah. So this movie really needs to cement it back into bringing us to this next phase five. So we'll be we'll be watching it regardless. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, for sure. And next, we're going to talk about another, you know, one of our just favorite people, James Cameron again, <laughs> uh, who recently announced that they're doing a re-release of Titanic in yeah. 4K and I think 3D as well. I mean, it's it's not it's not entirely surprising considering it's a 25-year, he just came out with Avatar. Mm-hmm. People are a little bit on the James Cameron high. Um, it's gonna make like 250 million and i think the timing of it is really well because there's a a bunch of people around our age who weren't old enough to watch it in the theaters necessarily exactly who are now into movies and need a reason to go back so it might draw them yeah because the movie's so iconic a a whole generation that just watched it on tv or didn't even see it yet Mm -hmm. um they can experience what people experienced back in 90 what 97 98 97 yeah, like 25 yeah, years, right? Yeah. 97, 98, something like that. So they can they can experience that. Um and 
you know, it's a smart move releasing it in Valentine's. It's coming on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And so it's it's a good. No, it's a great. Yeah. It's a great dinner and a movie, right? It's a great dinner and a movie. And it's a perfect movie for. You're not gonna. A you're not gonna be watch. surprised at what happens in the end. Exactly, and this is. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me that the boat doesn't make it? <laughs> There's some unknown <laughs> twist that we don't know about. Uh, so Titanic is still. Is it is it second in all time grocers after Avatar one? Yeah, I think it's second when you adjust for inflation. So I wonder where this will bring it if if, well, if does it count as the, does it count as the same? Well, I was gonna actually ask that. Out does this count as another? I say I say Canada as different because then it'll be like James Cameron, uh, <laughs> got a top ten in like twenty twenty three with Titanic after he released it a second time because you know it's gonna be in the top ten of uh, box office this year. But it has to count towards the. I think it still has to count. Doesn't not have to count towards the entire. Um, towards the overall, I don't, I don't know, gross of the movie because because even I from the nineties, I have no idea because because they re-release versions of like The Godfather, for example, and stuff like that. But I don't know if it counts for like the theatrical receipts count for the original movie or if it's a separate, like yeah, a separate account because the same people are getting money for whatever this does that yeah. they did in the nineties. Yeah, right? I'm, so, sure, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Leo will love the extra. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm. Uh, Take another year off or something. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do more research about this, this Playboy philanthropist and playing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of the, the main stuff that happened that we wanted to talk about. But we wanted to also introduce a new segment to the show, which is Masala Minute. So that's going to be the time we carve out at the top of the show to talk about anything Bollywood related um, that may have come out in the last week that we want to discuss. Uh, at which point, Umar, I'm going to give you the floor. What are we discussing today's in today's Masala Minute? So the much-anticipated, eagerly waited for, uh, we were very, very, like, wondering, is this trailer going to come out? Because the, the movie is about two weeks away now, and we, we just got the full trailer, Patan, Shah Rukh Khan's return. And who's he starring years. with? Who's he starring with? He's starring with Deepika Parukon and John Abraham as the antagonist. Ah. Um... You saw the trailer. I did see the trailer. I saw the trailer. What saw, a trailer! I saw was. the trailer when it premiered. Yeah, twelve thirty at night. The countdown happened on YouTube. You watched it yes. live. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's a dedication <laughs> to the podcast right there. So, for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, go ahead and watch. It's uh, it's two minutes of just craziness going on on screen. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a nonstop action and these chase sequences and explosions and just you know it's uh, it's 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 going to be a fun ride. Uh, in theaters um questions i have about the movie though oh i'm so excited i have so many questions please tell yeah. me what are so questions? okay the thing that always sticks out and i think it's it's we're at a stage in in filmmaking and in uh in the film industry in general um where um cgi is i, th- I don't think bad cgi is ever forgivable anymore no or even I would say even medium to decently good CGI is barely for, forgivable. Yeah. In this interview. Are so, you are you are you saying that the CGI in this movie looks so No, bad? I'm not I'm saying that I'm hoping it doesn't in the theaters. Ah, okay. Okay, so I have my concern is so because I don't I think when you know Avatar just released, mm-hmm. um Marvel the Marvel universe has been going for years. Um and people are used to a standard. People are used to a standard. Yeah. And you know, if you're here or you're in India, you're also Marvel's released there. Avatar's yeah. released there. Yeah. You're also used to a kind of standard. And not not to mention that um uh, a few months ago a, a movie released in India called Brahmastra, which was the, which is their first, you know, kind of very bad CGI on that. And no, it's great CGI. Oh really? They used um the same the actual 
uh, CGI that did the CGI for Interstellar. I should say I haven't watched the movie. Yeah. All I've seen is trailers. Yeah. Uh, and I guess when you watch it on YouTube on a computer, it's not yeah. designed for that. <laughs> no, it's good CGI. Uh, I will we'll give it, the, the movie got criticized for other reasons, but the CGI always stuck, okay. stood out in that. So do you movie. think do you think this will hold up then? So uh, this time? obviously this one hasn't put that kind of budget into CGI. No. So no. not at all. No. Um, so I'm 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 hoping we don't like it's it's a big banner film. It's YRF, right? Yeah, short film. So yeah, I think they put that they took the CGI budget and invested it in Shahrukh Khan and John Abraham's abs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those guys look absolutely ripped. So that's a question I have going in. Yeah, because okay, they still have they still have two weeks to go, whatever, and post production editing it goes on until quite a quite, it does go, quite late. It does go quite late. Yeah. But... Like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Avatar itself a couple of days before was uh, the premiere happened just for the actors because uh, everything was finalized very, very close to the release date. Yeah, and it's not like back in the day where you'd have to actually ship like a physical disc to the um, theater yeah. before they played it. Now it's all digital, right? So theoretically, just like music albums where they're editing it to like 11.59 when they have to turn it in at midnight to the label, yeah. same thing. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are changes to it. But I think we should uh, we should discuss a little bit more about the content of the trailer because yeah. I want to I want to look at the message I sent you after I watched it, which in that two and a half minute trailer I think I've seen inspiration from Mission Impossible, James Bond, Fast and the Furious, Speed, and I think there was some fighting like some Krav Maga fighting that was definitely from like the Bourne. you know when Bourne goes up on like the necks mm, and like flips people yeah, over like that yeah. kind of stuff yeah, yeah. that that looked like. Yeah, there's there there's influenced. There's there's a lot that you can relate to, especially like the music vibe that you get. I think of Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, the clothing too. The clothing. Like, yeah. Fast Five when they're in Brazil. Yeah. True. 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 Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think okay, it's gonna be a very straightforward plotline. This is not a movie you're gonna go to. It's it's kind of oh, like yeah, there's gonna you know. be a MacGuffin. You have to get the MacGuffin. It's like a, a yeah. database or a missile code or something, and they have to make a plan to get it. And then there's gonna be a, a twist. Yeah, someone else gets that, and it's yeah. actually a different villain. Yeah, yeah. so then... there's gonna be there's gonna be something going on there. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's gonna be a pretty standard. Um, they've like, I think it's um, I I don't want to say it's um coincidental. I think it's very much you know, uh, a, a choice by Shah Rukh Khan to come back after four years with a movie that's not only just like over the top action fun, but at the same time, like very patriotic. I, I think it also doesn't take a lot of brain power to understand probably. Yeah. So, so it's, not it's like just, high concept, he wants know? people to come and just like, and you know, that, that, but that's what I mean. Like the, the content has to be good. And I think from what we see in the trailer, if they execute the things that they've shown glimpses in the trailer of, if they can execute those things mm-hmm. uh, properly, then we can see some good content, I think. Um, I, it's, I, I have a feeling it's going to be a big hit just because of the things that you've mentioned and people like to see a spectacle. Yeah. That's what we talked about with Way of Water too, right? Exactly. It's a spectacle. People yeah. want to see spectacle. Yeah. Uh, but with, with that being said, we should also mention, who's the female lead of the film? Deepika Padukone. And what's the age difference between her and Shah Rukh Khan? She is in her mid thirties, uh-huh. and he would—he's fifty-seven. Interesting difference. But he also, but see, this is not. Uh, well, okay, we don't know what we don't know. We haven't seen the movie yet, so we don't know. But um, from the looks of it, it's not a romantic. It's supposed to be like a partnership. It's a partnership in terms of. She's and, also and, an intelligent, exactly, intelligence agent. exactly. Yeah. So I mean, does that evolve into something? Maybe it does. I mean, the, the, that song that came out. Well, personally, I would love to see. You said this is going to be a universe, right? Yeah. So why not use this as a backdoor to her own movie? Where she's a spy exactly that would be cool, be cool. and then you know it would also be awesome her not having to be in like 
a relationship. She could be a spy. She yeah. could have a song with dudes or whatever, but she could be doing it to get information. Or you don't have yeah. you're a spy. You know? Yeah, you don't need to be dating people. So what they didn't also show in the trailer, and what they're going to, uh, what they're claiming is going to be in the movie anyway, um, or what people are anticipating is um, Salman Khan. Salman Khan and cameo by Salman Khan, mm-hmm. which I think is guaranteed. Probably. I think that's I think that's yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, but I uh, also cameo by Ritik Roshan because this is he's oh, also part of the, the the movie that came out in twenty nineteen. War is part of the spy universe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but um, okay, but back to Deepika Padukone. They made their. Uh, she made her debut with Shah Rukh Khan in that 2007 Om Shanti Om. Yeah, long time ago. Long time yeah. ago. Long time Both ago. Both of their so, lives have changed significantly. Very since much then. since then. Yeah. Very much. And she's like a huge star. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. huge star for sure. So January 25th, we're going to see it and have our reviews up for that um, ASAP, actually. Yeah, and before before we, we stop talking in the Masala Minute, I want to make a, a little bet with Omer. Omer, I'm willing to bet you that this film will have a post-credits scene. What do you think? It does have a post credit. It does. Yes. They've already said so. Uh, yes. Oh so. damn! Okay. I haven't read it because I was like, if they're trying to build like a film universe, they're yeah. gonna drop a Marvel like, yeah, like yeah. Some, some someone yeah. stays alive. As or... far as I I know, I I I believe I have read there is a a post credit. It would be great if they pitched the next villain in the post credit scene. This yeah. Is actually, some like you know in James Bond when the first couple of movies it's individual villains and then you find out oh it was actually a bigger villain specter yep. or whatever the whole time something like that yeah, yeah for sure so there, there we, we will see that and um yeah i'm well we're also interested to see what johnny brown does as the as the villain yeah. so what is what is the mcguffin what is the mcguffin <laughs> we'll find out well, we'll, we'll january look. 25th theater near you <laughs> <laughs> uh, experience it in imax yeah even if you don't speak hindi uh just go yeah. subtitles um yeah enjoy it the spectacle uh so all right after uh let's uh let's shift into our next topic which is uh trading movies Omer. uh so last week i gave you the homework to watch the 1993 political conspiracy crime thriller is what i'm gonna call it pelican brief starring um a fan favorite julia roberts uh co-starring with denzel washington and then there's a whole host of other folks uh including stanley tucci um budget of 45 million box office 195 million very successful it's 140 minutes so not not very very long and the director is alan j pakula so let's start omer with what were your thoughts of the movie or actually wait before we get into that should we should we give a little rundown of the plot yeah let's do a little rundown of the plot um i'll give that to you so the movie is a conspiracy thriller where there is um an individual who has two uh supreme court justices assassinated and it turns out that these supreme court justices were in the way of him potentially drilling a bunch of oil now that's the conspiracy the story is a young law student figures out this conspiracy she writes a brief it makes its way up all the way to the white house and shenanigans ensue where because it's a very valuable um you know deal that this business person wants to have uh, people come after her, people chase her, and then Denzel Washington, as Gray Grantham, the reporter, assists her in getting her story out. And yeah, so I'll turn it over to you. What did you think as your first time watching this? Few things. The few there's few things about this movie. Okay, so one as a political conspiracy, as like a as as a movie based on uh, a lot of uh, a political political conspiracy. I feel like it's a bit slow to start, yeah. just just because you need that you need 
like it takes time. I mean, for me, anyway, like, I, I guess there might be people out there who are really into political dramas, political yeah. conspiracies, po- movies but, or surrounding politics. But when I'm when I'm presented with a movie right off the bat and I'm seeing, OK, like White House conversations, uh, general conversations, yeah. uh, secretary conversations, uh, presidents being shown in this conversations, I'm like, OK, OK, cool. You're uh, seeing a bunch of white guys in suits. You exactly. Don't know who's who. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just like, OK, I, they're having these conversations that don't mean don't mean anything to anyone right now because mm-hmm. we're just being introduced um and then we have julia roberts coming in and eventually giving her um um you know she she's her introduction her yeah. introduction with the professor and she's kind of involved in this or interested in this intrigued in this case um so it took i would say a half hour for me to like get into the story yeah uh but once you get in it's it's a fun ride yeah and exactly what you just said Omer is yeah. why it's such a great great movie to come back to because yeah. once you understand the plot yeah. and you watch it a second time you notice all of the intricacies and the little details and the oh these guys were positioning this way right from the start because there's a couple of different threads in the plot right and and when you watch it a second time or a third time you really start to recognize how they're they're interwoven right from the start of the movie um I've I've watched this movie a handful of times. I've had the pleasure of reading the book before I actually watched the movie. So I'm a huge, huge fan. I've always thought Denzel Washington is is just fantastical. This is the youngest I've seen him in a movie. Really? I don't, I can't, I'm trying to remember if I've seen another 90s film of his, uh, and I must have, but he's, I mean, he looks really young in this movie and I haven't seen a Denzel that young in, I I don't, I don't remember seeing a Denzel that young in a movie. Um, So that was crazy. Also, um, the <laughs> for okay for me it was uh the president yeah what a what a role right he's so creepy looking the smiles and so stuff. he is um he is if i'm not mistaken uh deborah's father from everybody loves Raymond. oh really deborah's father i mean i believe <laughs> i believe so so, someone can fact check me there but I, I was like it took me a while to take him seriously because of that because there, I had his image as a certain character in that show, and I'm seeing him as the president in this movie. And he had the oh, he had like peace signs and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, and... so that's that's what I loved about this was so he's the president, but yeah. he's obviously like a puppet of, yeah. of his of his main henchman. Yes. Um, so like, there's that one scene when he's near the front where um, he gets the news that the two Supreme Court justices have passed away, and uh, his his henchman is like maybe you should wear a cardigan. You know, you're giving this news at yeah. breakfast and he's like, I'm not wearing a cardigan. And then the next scene is him in the background on the TV wearing a cardigan as he tells people like, yes, two Supreme Court justices have died. Yeah. And that's only something you'll notice if you watch the movie a bunch of times, but it shows you right off the top that this guy's a, he's being controlled, right? Yeah. He's being completely ran by, by his, uh, by his main advisor, who I believe is played by, tony goldwyn and he plays such an excellent evil person mm, like he's mm. got that really like clean cut jaw and he just looks like someone, looks yeah. like someone you want to punch in the face yes. right exactly the exact look yes yeah. exactly <laughs> it's like that e, the matrix look yeah like a, the guys from the matrix and an the agent. white in the, in the, yeah, the agents in the, in the, yeah. the sunglasses on yeah it's that look so um in terms of the development of this movie i thought there were, there were a couple of interesting things i thought you'd be interested in uh so, A, like I mentioned already, it was it was developed by um, it was developed by uh, or written by John Grisham. And here's what's interesting about this: the movie before or the book before it even came out, the director had purchased the rights for it because John Grisham was a hot novelist, and a bunch of his books were turning into movies, including um, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, The Firm by Tom Cruise. 
yes. uh, with Tom Cruise and uh, Rainmaker with Matt Damon, both John Grisham novels that okay. um, became movies. So I don't think this will happen again, where there's a writer who's on such a hot streak where someone buys his novel before it's even out to yeah. make a movie. I can't, I can't imagine one novelist who that would happen to right now. Like it, ha- it would have to be, it have to be like George R. R. Martin saying, or I'm like a Stephen a King, maybe. Yeah, but even yeah. then, like Stephen King writes so many books yeah, that yeah, it's right, like so, yeah. it's not going to happen. True. Um, and then the other piece, which I again I found really interesting, was according to the to the author of the novel, um, he wanted Julia Roberts from the start, and apparently he wrote the character when he was writing the novel with Julia Roberts in mind. Like that's who he thought of when he was writing her. That's really interesting. And the fact that she plays the character so well, yeah. Like she's just, a great character, man. Yeah, she's a great character. Even though she's going through so much like trauma through like she saw like that scene where she sees what happens to her boyfriend, oh, slash the oh, professor. Yeah. Her reaction is so genuine. It's really genuine. And yeah. and after like the next 10 minutes where she has clearly been affected by it, you can really that's when you see her like prime acting chops. Exactly. But also when um when she's trying to get around, when she's trying to find information, when mm-hmm. she's scared to tell anyone anything, when she's you know, you could. There's so much realism her in her wing. performance. Her, yeah, yeah, it's there's so much. It's just you don't you you don't look at the screen thinking this is someone acting. It just feels like how you would react in those situations. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think it was oh Julia Roberts. I was like oh that's Darby Shaw. Yeah, that, exactly. That's a lost exactly. Student who just 24 years old who just lost her boyfriend slash professor. Which yeah. side note, I've been to university, never experienced that before. Kind of weird. <laughs> yes, <true. laughs> it seems seems like really normal in movies. Like oh yeah, the professor. No, that's not normal. <laughs> I I feel like it was even more normal. Um, in some older movies, yeah, yeah, they, they, they really this, make it seem like, oh, this is casual. this is just whatever, right? yeah. No, oh. not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other some other interesting bits about the the book in the movie. So, Gray Grantham, Denzel Washington's character, um, is white in, in, oh, okay. the, in the book. So, I mean, it's it doesn't affect the character at all, no. but it was cool to I see mean, Denzel, Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah, just awesome. Uh, and then the other piece was apparently in the script, uh, Gray Grantham and Darby Shar are supposed to kiss. But Denzel Washington said he didn't want to, he wanted to avoid upsetting his main fans, which were black women. So he didn't kiss her in the film. Is that the reason? It's from a Guardian interview I saw from the early 2000s. Oh, I thought you were about to say he didn't want to like his girlfriend. Or no, whatever. no. Apparently, girlfriend apparently he or... wanted, like, because at that time, I, even though I don't know how real this is, uh, the interracial kissing on scene, even though it happened way back in the 60s, it still wasn't as common as even as, as it is now. But that was a reason that he quoted to The Guardian, and that's where I saw it, but I think it was another magazine player, wow. which is interesting when you think about it. But also, I don't think those two characters need to be, like, romantically involved. They don't. I mean, they don't need to, but the vibes were. Oh, yeah, they were totally into each other. Yeah, the vibes were there. There was that one scene where... Um where she's about to head out and he's like hugging her yeah and it looks like they're about to kiss but then she runs back to him and i was like oh here's here comes their kiss scene and no it's just a hug or when when he meets her for the first time and she's she's like do you mind just like staying and like can you sleep on the couch because i'm scared yeah, yeah exactly that's the one right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then I, I was also like yeah like but nothing ever really happened between no. them apart from they were, it was just like it was like told that there's a vibe here but we're not gonna take it any further yeah exactly yeah. But for a movie that's like two hours, more than two hours, two hours, 20 minutes long, uh, definitely has a lot of interesting cinematic decisions and choices. And I don't know if you've ever seen any of um, the director's other work, like particularly All the President's Men. 
but there's a lot of influence from those movies in these ones particularly mm-hmm. there's one scene i want to talk about which is when they're in the underground parking lot and the guy comes and plants the bomb in their car and then that whole scene afterwards where you know they get the papers yeah. from the bank and then and then he's about to turn yeah, and, then, and yeah. then the chase that scene is almost exactly like not lifted but very much inspired by a scene from all the president's men uh which is about the watergate scandal okay. um, and it's they meet their main source from inside the scandal in the underground garage and it's like a super high pressure situation mm. just like this scene is i'm like yeah this guy knows this parking man garage. and this one when he was like turning like three or four times he turned the key and she's like no wait stop you know what but that's what i so that's another piece right where she what what does the camera do there it focuses on her like grabbing his hand and like being oh look and i'm like that's such an intimate move that she that they're doing and it's clearly signifying some kind of intimacy between them yeah but they don't go the full romance yeah they don't don't go the full romance it's just two people who are running for their lives because they're they know something's wrong but no one believes them yeah i guess i guess in a way it's they're trying to be a bit realistic about it. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the situation that Darby was in, for example, mm-hmm. um, are you really th- are you, like, you're, you're like, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it to my 25th birthday. Yeah. And are you really thinking about getting with the guy instead of no, exactly, exactly. survive? That's my whole point. Yeah. It's like, why would you even write it with a romance involved? Yeah. You're the yeah. whole thing is like, you're trying to stay alive. Yeah. You've known that these people have murdered. They murdered two Supreme Court justices. Yeah. Why do they care about you and exactly. your second like, year You're, you're a, a very expendable target. <laughs> <laughs> you do not matter. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's interesting. So maybe uh, <laughs> I just I just find that so dumb that they're like, yeah, let's let's make them a romantic. <laughs> it's a man and a woman. What do you mean? They're alone. They should be together. So dumb. Um, so let's take a break and then we can jump into a little bit more uh, yep. on the back end here. All right, and we're back. Uh, so, Omar, a couple more things I want to talk about before we get into the awards uh, for the show. Uh, first, did you notice how a lot of the main violence, shooting people, etc., happens off screen, and we only kind of see like a splatter of blood? Yes. Kind of interesting choice. Very interesting choice, especially during that scene. Remember when uh, Darby is visiting at that like fair or whatever? The, the, uh, yes. Or he's, he, and at, she's holding hands with the terrorist. She's holding hands with the terrorist, and he puts that gun like through his suit jacket or something, yep. and ends up killing himself or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see like it, it just all of a sudden happening. All you see is blood. Yeah. And and you kind of if you haven't seen the movie before, you're kind of like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. Right. You're kind of surprised by it. Uh, and funnily enough. Um, Stanley Tucci, he kills um, the professor's friend, or he he is the professor's friend, um, Darby's boyfriend's friend. Yes. Um, do you know who that character is? What other movie he comes in? Which one? Um, the FBI, the FBI lawyer who who Kamel kills and then replaces to come visit uh, Darby at the fair. Yeah. Do you know who who else he plays? Kevin McAllister's dad in Home Alone. Oh yes, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's him. That that's is him. him, and he plays like yeah. a. So that's another great scene when he's getting ready to go meet Darby, and Kamel is inside of the closet, and all you see is a reflection of the closet door, the mirror, and then it's slowly opening, and yeah. then you just see the bullet, and that's it, and he dies, and you don't, you don't see any of the actual violence in the movie. It's just kind of. It's always a little bit off screen, and I thought that was just an interesting decision artistically. Yeah, yeah, it's always even yeah, even the scene where yeah, because it's, uh, it's I think it was blood spotted on a mirror or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's it's a it's an artistic flourish, which yeah, cool, good on you. Do do more of that, directors. Yeah. 
Uh, it could also be to, I believe, the, keep the rating, keep the rating at fourteen eight or whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever the rating was, uh, it, I think um, that many murders or something, and that much because they're, they're, they don't swear all that much. They don't swear. I'm trying to remember when they used the f word and stuff. I think it'd be here and there. Yeah, but yeah. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not a crazy amount. Uh, the other piece I wanted to touch touch on is <laughs> we've talked about him a couple of times. Stanley Tucci, very <laughs> handsome man. But let's talk about hiring an Italian person. <laughs> To play an Arab terrorist. Stuff that was okay in the 90s? I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't particularly look like, okay, and I know, you know, you can be you can be from a different nationality, not necessarily look, yeah. you know, stereotypical, but man, he does not look like a terrorist yeah, yeah, named no, Kamel. No, no, he does not. <laughs> it, yeah, I didn't, I, I gotta say it doesn't fit the vibe. No, but but I'll appreciate that he was really good at changing his voice and yes. his appearance. Yeah, and particularly that scene when he kills the second Supreme Court justice in the adult theater. Yeah, that was very well done. Like he looks completely different. Yeah. right? he looks completely different, and he looks he. I think there's four or five different um, personalities he kind of takes on in the in the movie. He's like a jogger. He's obviously an assassin. He. He plays, um, you know, Darby Shaw's contact. He puts on the fake weight stuff and yeah. adjusts his voice. Yeah. And, and he does, he takes all of those, he takes all of those tips that you would consider someone like a spy or something would do. Yeah. So it seems like realistic as much as we two amateurs who have nothing to do with this would think about. Yeah. Uh, so I thought his character was definitely interesting. Yeah. Got like zero lines. <laughs> I think he just said, yes, hello, thank you. And that's yeah, it. that's all he yeah, did. The only scene I remember him saying anything was when he was imitating that guy's voice. And when he ordered room service. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Those are like his main lines. Yeah, so that's all I remember him saying. Yeah. So anyways, th- th- those are the last couple of things I wanted to touch on before we get into our awards. So let's start with... Uh, Let's start with the best sequence. What did you think was the best sequence of the movie? Ooh, best sequence of the movie. Um, I did like when they crept into the hospital, to the rehab center. Yeah. Um, to see, I forgot his name now, uh, but over that, when they were trying to get information on someone, and then Denzel goes into the the office she creeps in she goes in and then on her way out doctor sees her and she's like oh it's my sister my brother my brother yeah they were trying to find out the identity of garcia the lawyer uh they wanted to find out which law firm he worked on and what floor and i think that's where they find out he's an oil and gas lawyer yeah there you go yeah confirms their their conspiracy so a a bunch of the the scenes where they're trying to gather the information uh you know bring bring ends together um i like that stuff yeah like those sequences that, the sequence when she goes in um uh I, I believe it was the um uh where was this uh it was oh it was the um uh, it was some uh center and she's trying to find information on someone that i like, go oh, no he's uh he's he, he he's dead or something or long longer oh you're talking about uh, when she did the freedom of information yeah, request yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. she goes to the courthouse and so she gets ex- all the information it's funny because a lot of this movie like the book is based on darby just doing research yeah right and same thing with greg Grantham. he's a journalist he's just doing research but they make it look not boring when we have written enough research papers. We know it's pretty boring, yes. right? And, and they make it seem like, oh, whoa, this is so cool. Look yeah, them, yeah. Pulling out, finding that, finding the answer is the first try. It's amazing. And it like happens right away for them. Exactly. And, you know, they, they find the right book that shows the right information. But it gets you invested in, <laughs> in, in, faster, in, yeah. in the adventure. Like the point is not to put the audience to research, just to research. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just repeatedly failing to find yeah. a source just over and over again. 
um in my in my opinion i thought my my favorite sequence was i thought artistically was kamel in the theater i thought the way they framed the popcorn and then he moves the popcorn and you just see a rope like he's wearing a rope as a belt and then he unhooks that yeah and then just you're like oh my god this guy just did this like you just you just pulled it out of nowhere and just killed a dude yeah that's insane but i think my favorite scene the one that i would rewatch again is the chase through new orleans yes. um oh, when yeah. she's on foot and like sh- again can't speak enough about julia roberts as darby shaw but you can see the pain the anguish but more importantly the fear in her eyes yes an unknown dude who clearly is capable of killing people is chasing you yeah. through new orleans and there's all these people partying and you know being inebriated and you're asking for help and no one cares until that big man comes See, that, that's what that, that's what, what i also found funny it was like she there was a couple of times when sequences when she was running through like crowds of people yeah. yet no one like paid any attention but you know that 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 seems to be people claim that that happens all the time, right? But like this is this is a woman clearly running away from a man, <laughs> a man. who is after her, like chasing her, and no one's twenty twenty two. That would not be allowed. Nineteen ninety three. They're like, oh, I just playing tag. Oh, but yeah, so but it's so weird. And, and there's clearly there's as you said, there's clear anguish on her face. Yeah, there's clear fear, and you know, fright. She's frightened like nothing else, and everyone's just like getting about like no one's like oh what's going on oh look that guy's chasing her he's right behind her so in my in my in my head canon i always thought that he was far enough away from her where you could see her running but you can't see him and then you can see him running but you don't know who he's chasing that, to, that's not yeah. realistic but it's that not, was my head canon yeah. at least so that yeah uh but yeah that was my my favorite sequence i thought this movie i know we've talked about it before but it was really well directed and the cinematography the shots were really really I just thought they were interesting. He really took different angles um, that you wouldn't consider when filming a movie. That's essentially just, it's if it's not people talking in rooms, it's people in doing research, right? Yeah. So I thought I thought that was cool. Um, so now let's talk about our most efficient award or Steph Curry award. This is this goes to the person uh, or character who had the least amount of screen time, but you know had the most impact, bang for your buck. Who did you think that would be in this in this uh, movie? Can I give it to the president? <laughs> <laughs> so you can totally give it to the president. He's played by Robert Culp. Uh, what an interesting character. First of all, that creepy smile. Yeah. So creepy. And but like the reason I'll the reason I'll give it to him is because see, that character could have been really boring. Yeah. And every sequence he was in could have been just a drag. Yeah. Could have just been like, yeah, yeah, whatever, in the White House or just talking their crap or whatever, you know, like um these uh, but like he looked at him on screen when he like he seemed to make things a little interesting <laughs> i i thought i thought him in the hospital was so funny yeah. when 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 he's like talking to them taking a picture first of all and then he's like yeah tell tell the sergeant at arms it's a golf day and then and then, and then you know his advisor comes in and gives him the bad news and what does he do he's like oh damn this is bad news goes out to the window gives a peace sign to the fans yeah. that get some pictures he's like okay this makes me feel a little better it felt like very trumpy yeah, like yeah. Something so it just made like it, it just made that whole aspect of the movie and i think it was probably done it was creative choice i think do it that way just because those scenes can get dry yeah and and yeah he's also like they frame it as he's the bad guy but they make it a little oh I don't know if it's intentionally comedy, like if it's tongue in cheek, but there yeah. are some the way the way the, the president acts is kind of like a toddler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it's yeah. really funny. Um, I I agree. He's he's a great great choice. The other um, person I thought of was John Lithgow, who plays Gray Grantham's uh, editor. 
I thought he was really funny. I, he had a lot of good lines. And then the whole, like, for some reason, them going to Mount Vernon to Abraham Lincoln's yeah. in, or George Washington. I can't remember. For some reason, I didn't know what it's George Washington. I don't know what the purpose of that was, but they just did it. Yeah. And I actually, when I was doing research for this podcast, the Mount Vernon website has a webpage dedicated to the filming of this movie there. <laughs> and it's from like literally the early 2000s, late 90s. It's so it hasn't oh, changed wow. at all. But yeah, it's like a whole damn behind the scenes picture. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's random, but. Yeah, John Lithgow, I thought he was definitely, he had some good lines. Like, there was that one line in the elevator doors close, and he's like, if I were you, I'd be looking at a place to eat Little Walk. And then the yeah, yeah. Closed, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that's a good role. He just needed a cigar. And yeah, it yeah, perfect. Drew. Um, okay, now we'll talk about <coughs> the pièce de résistance, the main award. Who was your MVP of the movie? I mean, it's hard not to give it to Julia Roberts. Thank you. I agree. Darby Shaw. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I love Denzel. I'll be the first one to watch any Denzel movie that comes out. And every time he's like on screen, I'm like, I love this guy. Um, what I love about him is, in this movie particularly, he knows he's handsome and he uses it yes, to his advantage. Like yes. that scene you talk about when they go to the uh, yeah. the rehab place. You can tell that the lady who he's talking to is like a little taken aback. Oh, look, he's so handsome. Even when he goes to get the student uh, schedules at the yeah. university. Oh, like look at this handsome guy from yeah. oh, journalist. Oh, okay. Uh, he goes to sign those papers at the law firm. She's like, oh, thanks, Mr. Stevens. And it's like, oh, you're so in. Like, they, they just love him, you know? Yeah. He, and he, and he, but he knows that. And he's using, as a reporter, he's using his charisma to his advantage to get information. And I just thought he was he was great in this movie, but you can't not give the MVP to Julia. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we talked a decent chunk about her performance. But yeah, I mean, the realism in her performance, the, the, um, uh, just effortless, effortless acting yeah and it just it, it never felt like acting it just felt like how you would how we ourselves would react in those situations yeah and and even even when she's kind of the whole movie she they kind of show her a little bit a step ahead when it comes to the conspiracy she kind of knows and she's putting the yeah. pieces together before anyone else even though it seems pretty obvious like yeah to regular degrees we're like hmm, maybe we'd look at what the commonalities are between these two judges but she seems to catch on to it right off the start and even that sense of superiority, she doesn't let it get to her head. She's still yeah. on edge, always worried, always looking over her shoulder. And again, you're being chased by grown-ass men with guns. And you're supposed to be a, like a college, maybe what, first-year law school student? Yeah. I think it's law school, first-year law school. Yeah, you would be freaking out. Yes. Anyone would be freaking out if yeah. that's the case. Particularly if you're, you know, you're not a fully grown adult yet. I would, anyone would, yeah. I think. I think it's easy to overplay a role like that too, um, which she did not do. No, it was play. It was played to perfection. Yeah, and again, I'll go back to that scene where um, her boyfriend slash professor uh, gets exploded. Yes, and that her I remember seeing her reaction, and I was like, "Yeah, that's about right." She, <laughs> but, but see, the, the, yeah. the difference is, it's not like she doesn't drop to her knees and start wailing. Exactly, right? it could be overdone. That's exactly. what I meant. That's, that's what, she could do a lot of things that you're like, "Oh yeah, sure." That I'm sure someone might do. But I mean, like. Hers was just you could you could without her dropping on the floor and without her you could see the shock in her face you could yeah. see the terror in her eyes like it's it was pretty it was pretty compelling yeah but overall um I can you see why I like this movie absolutely. absolutely yeah I think it's I think it's a really fun time particularly for people who like politics a 
but also this is kind of a journalism movie yes uh you know chasing the story and all of that stuff so if you're into those two topics i would definitely recommend yeah. this movie um i wouldn't i wouldn't shy away i know a lot of, i know um movies that kind of surround around politics or political conspiracies they may not always appeal to the masses um but this i wouldn't shy away from that because um this is really based on you know the, the characters and it, it does yeah. have a lot of action they're chasing yeah, there's, there's, chase scenes there's and everything. shootings there's sequences exactly but it's it's uh there's a very human aspect to this uh, yeah to this story which is uh which is appealing so i think that's uh that's a that's a uniform uh, choice from both the hosts of this podcast that if you haven't and you live in Canada, the Pelican Reef is available on Netflix. So definitely check it out. So with that being said, Omar, what is my homework for this week? Your homework. Okay, so I, I went with something new. Um, I, I went with a recent release. So a lot of listeners who um, who are following along with us may or may not have seen this, um, but you won't have to dig too far back. Um, um, uh, in movie history to find this movie um it is the menu interesting which just released um uh near the end of 2022 um it had a run in theaters for a little bit and i picked this movie for a f- couple of reasons um one being um if you listen to our podcast last week we kicked off 2023 uh talking about upcoming movies and we also talked uh quite length in quite length about um our box office predictions and if we think the film industry is going to make a comeback and what kind of movies do we see as sticking to more of a streaming service compared to a movie that releases in theaters. Um, and the menu is one movie that interests me in that aspect as well, because I think this movie had a decent one at the box office. I mean, um, uh, I think the budget wasn't all that crazy about 30 or so million. I would, I think was the budget. I don't think it was anything um, insane. Um, and I think it made a decent amount of money. It definitely made its money back, I would say, and more. Um, but it had about seven weeks in theaters. It had a, it had a, uh, so that's a short amount of time. Exactly. It had about seven weeks in theaters. Uh, and then it released straight onto, uh, and for, yeah, for all, for all the Canadian listeners, it's on Disney Plus in Canada. Um, so it released straight onto Disney Plus seven weeks after, after release. So it brings the question to me when you watch this movie, it's a bit of a, mystery a bit of a suspenseful drama mm-hmm. um and i mean it's called the menu so i'm assuming it's food based there's the, it's food based yep. um a little bit um for people who watch or have seen the chef's table yeah um you could find some uh you could have a little bit of fun watching this movie and you'll know what i mean when you watch the movie if you've if you're someone who's seen the chef's table um but yeah i want to I want to explore that topic a bit more through this movie because this is one movie where I think you'll watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll, uh, I would like to, I want to see what your reaction reaction is as well to the end of the movie. Okay. Particularly what your reaction is to the end of the movie, as well as what your reaction is to what's going on while you're watching it. Um, And how a movie like this fares coming out in theaters. Okay, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this because it's been on my list to watch, but like it's it was in theaters for not too long, and and I kind of knew it was coming out early, yeah. so I was like, do I need to spend money to go, or can I watch this at home? Yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to engaging with this in terms of theatrical versus at home because I think that's the bigger that's the bigger debate going forward, right? Yeah. Are you going to go watch the avatars, or are you going to stay at home to watch 
the pale blue eye. The pale blue eye, uh, or the menu, yeah, or the glass glass onion. Glass onion, um, yeah. So let's uh, let's save our discussion for this movie till next week. Exactly. Uh, if you'd like to play along and follow along with us, please go ahead and watch the menu this week. And if you haven't, check out the Pelican Brief and then listen to this podcast again. I'm sure you'll have a lot of thoughts. But uh, that's about it for this week. Uh, for the podcast, I'm Janaid. I'm Omar. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.